And on today's creativity chat, I have Stephanie Chan. Today we're talking about sharing your work and there's going to be a part two episode on making a short animated film during COVID. Um, Her short is called Dog Days. I think you should all make time to watch it because it's really lovely and I think it was like two or three minutes longer. She's great and I hope you love this conversation because I had so much fun making it and enjoy. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) I'm like a little awkward right now because this is my first podcast. I've never I never talked on one of these before. (laughs) I'm so excited because it seems like a lot of people, this is their first podcast. And I'm I'm pumped to be the first. I wanted to talk about just art in your life and how you got to the point that you wanted to share it with people. When you were little, were you making stuff for fun or what what did art look like? I have kind of a the the basic cliche story that almost every artist has like oh I've been drawing ever since I could hold a pencil and all that stuff but my my mom still like keeps all of my old childhood drawings and I've had them in just cluttered in the house you know I've actually been going through like a deep clean through my house right now (laughs) I found so many old old drawings from like 2000 2002 like just Wow. Yeah, 20 years ago. I, I'm, I'm really like appreciative that my parents always uh, encouraged it. They put me in art classes when I was nine. I was taking like art classes in school. They always like nurtured that creative side and never like stifled it or anything, which I know like, I know like some parents, especially, I, I guess I could say like, especially Asian families, like they're... Oh, and Black families, come on. They're, they're always like, you know, it's great that you have this hobby, but you focus on your academics and... You've got to make money to live. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, to that point, you got to make money to live um, and you got to like take a practical career. My parents did go into that a little bit in high school because they were under the impression that like with art, I could really only do like fine art and like go into the galleries and stuff and I also agree like that's pretty unstable and but but you know like with social media and in the internet and everything and how expansive that is I think there's a lot more opportunities out there now for um self-employed artists and um individual like creators and illustrators and uh creative people of the sort like that they they have the opportunity to make their own platforms and um, basically curate their own audience and be able to build off of that without having to rely on, um, you know, companies and galleries and stuff to to sponsor them. I guess I don't I don't know the exact terminology. The opportunities are more accessible to people. For sure, I totally relate to that. I think when it comes to video or film there's this idea of what it looks like for me as a daughter what are you doing oh wait you can make money off of this oh you're not just in your bedroom having fun talking to the camera yeah (laughs) but yeah no like definitely my my dad especially like he was worried that um it'd be really difficult for me to find work like being an artist but then we did some research and I looked into like the animation industry and becoming like a CG artist and there's so many opportunities out there for that like not not even being like just a like you can be a freelancer with that like that's totally viable and like plenty of people do that and plenty of people make like good money doing that too 
but um, there's also, you know, there's there's definitely like studio positions in animation and video games and um, in advertisement, motion graphics, like there's plenty of that. So we were able to settle on that. And I went to college and then my dad was still worried <laughs> that, that I wouldn't be able to find work because the field is so competitive. I mean, like, I guess I could say that for everything, right? That like all fields are competitive, but he was very worried. But then I ended up landing um, my internship at Disney Feature and that was summer of 2019. So once I got that, my dad was like, way more relaxed <laughs> he was like okay okay so she like kind of knows what she's doing mm-hmm. right she'll be okay <laughs> so I try to make sure that I explain jargon so CG stands for computer graphics right yes yes okay so I'm not an animator like anim- animation is like a completely it's its own like beast in itself so okay I, I have like I have I have some friends who are like solely animation for me I like the career track that I want to go towards is becoming like a lighter, a lighting artist. Yeah, lighting and compositing. 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 Yeah, I watched your reel. Thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, no. No. Like that's that's the that's the general direction I want to uh, push towards right now. Where I'm at, like I'm a <laughs> CG generalist. So um, basically they have me just doing like most of the pipeline, except for like animation and rigging, because that's just not um, my, that's not my forte, but I, I'm focusing on stuff like modeling and look development and um, texturing stuff and all, all that, all that that goes in like creating assets. Um, I don't know if like this is too technical. Like, Please be as technical as possible. <laughs> Okay, like this is this is pretty like general like terminology, but it's just like creating assets and um, focusing on that part of the pipeline, um, everything like making all this stuff to then be put together into the so final product. So the individual pieces. Yeah, that's how that's how I could describe it. Were you in person in California? Yeah, we were in LA in Burbank. Cool. We were at the uh, the feature animation studio with the hat. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, yeah, no, it was really cool, like, just being there. When I got the call that I had gotten the internship, I was like, and they didn't want to interview me. They don't interview for the internship, but they were just like, yeah, do you want it? And I was like, I, I literally was like, are you sure you don't want to interview me first? <laughs> like, like, are you sure? <laughs> so it was 11 of us on the intern team. Okay. So including me, it was five CG artists, uh, two visual development artists um two story one production and one music and all of us worked on the short film maestro which you can actually watch on um their facebook and twitter i believe they have it up there what random (laughs) yeah yes they uh posted it there so that's that's available for the public to see i'll add it into the show notes because there was only five of us like we all had a juggle like a bunch of um roles whereas if we were working in a regular production at disney with like such a huge company you know you just work in the one department and then maybe they'll need you in a different department if they're in crunch but like most of the time you're just working in the one department so it, th- would that be like modeling look development lighting animation rigging etc um but because it was just five of us 
we were all juggling like multiple roles. So I did some character modeling. I did some asset modeling, the props. I did a little bit of look dev on the character, mainly focused on lighting and compositing, which I thought was like the most fun part. And that internship really like solidified which direction I wanted to take my career. I definitely want to focus on lighting and compositing because I just like seeing the final rendered image, seeing everything come together and just making everything look pretty. Did some set dressing for the short film. So I, I like just put all the props in place in the environment and like laid them out and made them look, I, I just dressed the set <laughs> like digitally. That That's just okay. uh, in, in layman's terms, yeah. <laughs> A, A digital, digital dress. dress. <laughs> the other CG interns like they were focusing on like rigging and animation and layout and uh our one guy he like did VFX and he's like a wizard he was really like the MVP of it all he he did all the the crazy particles and all the fancy like just cool effects that you see in the image to make everything look magical right so I'm thinking back to you're in high school and you're about to graduate and you went to Rochester Institute of Technology what were you thinking at that point prior to going into college versus you have this internship that shifts and solidifies, oh, this is what I want to do. How did you, how did you change? Let's see. I was 17 and I really didn't know what I was getting into. Like I had zero, zero CG experience prior to going to school. Um, we didn't have like any sort of program in high school like some people do, but I, I think that's also rare though. I think most people don't really have that experience yeah. unless they pick it up themselves. Like some people have experience with Blender, uh, which is like an open source 3D program and it's free. But at that time, I don't think it was like the best program in recent years. They have updated it. So it's a lot it's a lot better when it comes to um i guess like usability the the ease of it yeah the ease the, the ease of use is just a lot better and like i think that i think the interface is like way more appealing now i was always turned off of blender before because i thought the ui was like really un unattractive but like ever since they updated it i think it's great so <laughs> i use it now um when i started going to class and stuff and learning about Maya, which is the industry standard software that everybody uses for like computer graphics and animation, which I don't really know why, because I mean, I get it, but like Maya kind of sucks. <laughs> like learning that, jumping into that with a 2D background and not having any clue what I was doing, I was super overwhelmed. I had like a real consideration of quitting CG and switching to like something else, maybe illustration. But then I had a talk over with my parents about it before I made the decision to switch and they basically reasoned with me and they were like, well, you're just starting and you and you already like have your own like 2D background. You can do that on the side, but it's better to have this under your belt and like have this new skill um, and just like push through it and see how it goes up with it. And now here I am. <laughs> yeah, what great advice if you really don't like what you're doing then definitely like do something else like don't feel like you need to force yourself to stay with this one thing to make like other people happy or 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 for you know some practicality reasons because honestly what's practical right now nothing is stable i don't think there really is 
any particular field that is better than the other. It's, I think it's better if you like aim towards something that you like and that, that would make you happy doing uh, every single day for like many hours at a time and like you're not miserable doing it. And, and also I think that is coming from a place of, of privilege to say too that like I have these opportunities to be able to make that decision. And I understand that even if you're doing something that like it's not necessarily like the best thing, it could be something that you're working towards to something else that like a jumping off point. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be a place that you're stuck. Since high school, you have been sharing your work online and you were someone that I went to, I guess, a year or two ago to talk about potentially having one account that was mainly focused on art and then one that's more personal. And I still haven't done that. <laughs> yeah um, I wanted to know your reasoning and to why you ended up making Ordinary Sim its own account and then having a personal one as well and kind of the pros of doing that um I think it's just better to keep those separate like especially if you're trying to build like a brand or a presence online um you don't want you don't you don't want to mix the two up for me I treat my art account Ordinary Sim as like way more professional than my personal account and not that I'm like super stiff on there <laughs> like I'm still casual on that account there's a different side of me when I'm like on each account I guess I know my audience on my art account is following me that I don't know and I am like trying to keep it like a bit more professional than I would on my personal page, especially because other artists like do use their Instagram as like a form of a portfolio where um, like recruiters and industry professionals can see your work. Um, and then they, they can see you and interact with you on there. No, I have like my separate, you know, my portfolio website, which is what I use to apply to jobs and stuff. But um, definitely like Instagram and like other so, uh, social media for, for posting my work is another way of, you know, getting work. It's good for organization too. Every once in a while I'll do like a spring cleaning and, and delete or like archive posts that like I don't think like represent me anymore. So I think it's just nice to not have that mix in there, yeah. Maybe one day. <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, it's not that deep, really. I, I have like a weird relationship with social media how so i've been posting my work ever since i was like nine years old and i bounced around to like many different websites actually mm -hmm. the first place i like started posting my artwork was this place it was by disney i think it was like disney.go or like something like that but i remember i don't even remember the url i think it's dead right now like i don't even think it exists anymore but had like a drawing section on its um on its interface where you can actually like draw and like make artwork on the website so you oh, didn't need to have like cool. photoshop or like any drawing software like you can just have an internet connection and you can make artwork which was great when i was nine <laughs> and i didn't have hundreds of dollars for for an adobe subscription you didn't um, <laughs> i was posting work on there and then I switched over to DeviantArt once I was like a little bit older. I remember yeah, this. DeviantArt, yeah, DeviantArt, oh my god, that place cursed. Really? <laughs> cursed. <laughs> like recently I, I deleted like 
my DeviantArt account, I deleted my Tumblr account. Those are gone. Oh, yeah. I don't want, I know cringe is dead. My cringe. I don't want that out. In the, I don't want that out in the public. But yeah, so like after Disney, then I moved to DeviantArt. And then I moved to Tumblr. And I was on Tumblr for like Heyo. quite a bit. I mean, I was on Tumblr for quite a bit. I was like, oh, these are great photos I could do for potential work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I remember I'd like scroll on Tumblr for hours at a time um like after school but yeah no I like post my work on Tumblr and around that time I was also like sporadically posting on Instagram too but that was before I like separated my Instagram accounts like that was when I just had the one and um I was posting like personal and art stuff but I was also in like high school so who cares <laughs> then I started YouTube it was a weird time because like that was when I was the most obsessed with the numbers I was constantly like checking the statistics if I had continued with YouTube like I was on a trajectory to like having this fairly successful channel because like a couple of my videos like for some reason the algorithm just like picked it up I think it was like my high school art portfolio and like an art supplies video animatics and those like really picked up steam and I, I I liked it and it was fun at the time um and, and I, I enjoyed posting videos on there and then that kind of linked with like my other social media accounts so it was all like tied together it wasn't just me obsessed with the YouTube statistics it was like me being like okay so 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 this many people are watching me on YouTube, but then how many of them are like going to my Instagram and like seeing uh, my artwork yeah. there? And then how many people are like going to my Tumblr and seeing my artwork there? And that like I kind of became obsessed with it a little bit. I mean, you had like thousands of people. So for people that are listening, I haven't checked your YouTube channel subscribers in a long time. I think the last time I checked, I had like 40K. Yeah. So that's that's a lot. I mean, not a lot by like YouTube standards. For the average human who doesn't make videos or even me that's a lot it was it was crazy I like did I really did not expect it to like get there um mm -hmm. and around that time I was also doing like live stream on this uh website called you now I was doing like art live streams and oh, I never I never knew that oh yeah no I like I don't I don't even think I like publicized it that much I was just like okay. oh this is fun like I, I kind of have like my own little you now audience that like can go to my Instagram and my YouTube if they wanted to. I didn't integrate them that well. I did sketchbook drawings and um, like paintings on the live stream. And it was really nice, like being able to like talk to people face to face um, and have that live feedback as I was going. I think it was 2016 when Instagram did their first um, chronological order change from the, the like from the timeline. Mm -hmm. They they switched it from chronological order to um basically just they would only show you like a certain percentage of like the people you were following depending on what you engage with the most and I remember everybody like all the artists that I followed on there like they all freaked out like because of that and I think that that change was like the pivot of like Instagram going into a direction that a lot of people don't like mostly because it like screwed over like a lot of like small content creators uh screwed over a lot of artists a lot of small artists a lot of small businesses that affected me because I kind of equated my uh my, my follower account and my like account to my self-worth <laughs> which is like terrible it's how some people are I mean obviously like social media is designed to be that way 
for like like to have that addicting quality to it this isn't even like you know a hot take this is just fact i remember feeling really upset that like less people were seeing my work and i put a value to like the number of people that liked my stuff and i was like well nobody nobody's liking my work anymore or like people aren't seeing it anymore so that just might mean like i'm not good or my work isn't like on par with like what other people are doing and then and now like with the multiple changes that that Instagram has done over the years especially the most recent one only catering to advertisers and like people who pay for posts to be shown but I think at this point in my life I really have like taken a step back from social media that started when I decided to like stop posting YouTube videos was it an intentional stop or did it just happen? I was thinking about it for a while. I never made like like a formal goodbye video. I, I just stopped posting <laughs> and it was it was just I just ghosted my channel basically. Um, <laughs> the summer in between my second and my third year in college. And I remember the reason why I did it was because I stopped finding like joy in posting videos and juggling like school schoolwork on top of posting content on a regular basis and it wasn't like content where I just sat in front of the camera and talked like I was making like these animatics and I was making these art videos and that took like time and I was like I'm I'm not really making that much money off of this and it's not really that great of like a return of investment um which like which is the reality of it. Like, I know a lot of people bag on people for being like, oh, you're only posting to make money. You're only posting um, to be able to make a profit. It's like, yeah, but I, I, gotta, I gotta eat. If I was still finding a lot of enjoyment in it and I felt that it was like my creative outlet, even if I wasn't making that much money off of it, I think I would have still continued. I was kind of feeling a little burnt out by it. Um, on top of juggling everything else, on top of juggling like doing these school assignments and making this artwork and then making content for Instagram too. Like I gotta prioritize. And my goal my goal wasn't to become a YouTuber, like a like a popular artist on YouTube. And I don't I don't think I ever wanted to have YouTube YouTuber as my like as like my title, like something that someone associated me associated uh, with me. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to be an artist who happened to post on YouTube. But then I found that I was making content specifically for YouTube. And I felt like that mm -hmm. content I was like the art I was making for that wasn't like to the standard that I normally would if I wasn't filming myself. And that's important to know because I don't think enough people take the time to realize that. What do you mean? Realize? You said you were making stuff for YouTube and not to the standard in which you normally create oh yeah yeah like I was I was making all this separate stuff and I was like okay let me think of what artwork people would like to see on YouTube compared to artwork that people would like to see on Instagram compared to artwork that companies would like to hire me for and it w I started like separating these things and I was like I'm making so much more work for myself for for no reason like I'm not even getting like a proper payoff for it um, and I wasn't liking a lot of the stuff I was putting on YouTube either. If I'm not liking it, I should just stop. It's not doing anything for me. And if anything, it's like ne impacting me negatively. That takes a lot of work to not equate yourself, your, your, your value to 
how much attention you're getting on social media, especially if you're doing it for like so many years. Once I stopped doing that and I started focusing on like actually improving and like actually making good work and then just posting it online just so it's out there. And then once I got the internship at Disney, my priorities like really did like a 180. You know, if they like it, it's great. Fires them, like that's amazing. And if they don't like it or if they don't engage with it or they ignore it, it doesn't really matter to me because I still have a job. I'm still like feeling fulfilled creatively, like on my own by like doing this stuff for myself rather than doing it for like other people to look at it. You did try different areas and then you found something that was working and then you found something that was working in a way that wasn't beneficial to you. I want to talk about Stephanie's short dog days, so I'm going to make a part two. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a lovely rest of the day, and uh, check out part two. Bye, Fred.